Good morning, my dear brothers and sisters in Lord Jesus Christ. This is Rob Grun, broadcasting once again from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So, this morning I want to talk about establishing honour as an environment. I'm going to call a podcast just to um, honour between the sexes to drive this point more abundantly clear. But this kind of comes off the heels of something that I wrote on my timeline last night. And, um, you know, about real men, honor women, respect women, dignify women, esteem them as people, not objects. If in a relationship with one, treat fidelity in every respect seriously. Now, of course, this goes both ways. But I just wanted to drive the point home as a man, what a real man looks like. But this morning I'm going to apply truth from scripture that obviously apply to both sexes because it's very important as a people of God that we establish honor between the same sex and the opposite sex just establishing honor as a baseline of being the people of God so of course I'm going to get into some scripture because this is uh the stuff is huge so, this is Ephesians 5, first three verses, Ephesians 5. Just as in Christ, God, for, uh, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up, for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Hmm. Right, right. So... Again, I want to talk about in it, establishing honor and between the sexes and between obviously both the opposite and the same sex. So if you're a man, you know, we have to be establishing honor between other men and obviously women as well. But this starts with the individual. This starts with the individual, meaning there's no way I can respect other men or women if I don't have respect for myself. And the only way I can have respect for myself is to receive the love of God in Christ. On a daily basis. You have to do the same thing. For man, regardless of whether you're a man or woman. You have to receive the love of God in Christ. In order to live the way God in Christ intends, instructs, and calls us to. As Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has just told us that how we should do it, right? said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in just as in Christ God forgave you. 
So we're called to be kind and compassionate. But this is so, these things are so much in decline in so much of the church. Instead of seeing kindness and compassionate, we see the things that Christ said that we're not supposed to be doing or seeing. Sexual immorality, impurity, and greed. He said these things, there shouldn't even be a hint of these things. But there's way more than a hint. These things are evident in the body of Christ. And that's heartbreakingly shameful. And it grieves the heart of God, man. That there's so much impurity and sexual morality in the house of God. Again, this is not to make anyone feel critical. This is not about being judgmental. It's about God's standard for his bride, man. Let me say again, this is about God's standard for his bride. See, you have to understand this part. Oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna go to um this is what this is what it all comes down to. I'm going to first uh, Corinthians six in eighteen to twenty. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Hey, listen to this, verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? Listen to this, verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 6. You are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your body you see this is the pinnacle understanding of why we can't do whatever the flesh desires because you know paul says elsewhere too that you know we're called to cru- crucify the flesh with its passion and desires which i believe is galatians 524 um so we 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 can't we can't no longer give into the flesh you know paul says you know should we go on sinning that grace may abound that's written in romans 6 now of course it's rhetorical by no means no and he says too and uh i try to think of the top of my head um all things are beneficial but not everything is permissible right so i can't remember the verse off the top of my head but it's it's one of his it's in the New Testament obviously, meaning we everything it, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. We're supposed to be, be doing what is beneficial, and sexual impurity and greed and, and sexual morality and purity and greed are not beneficial. They're permissible, meaning they're things that you can do, but they're things you shouldn't do and are called not to do. But this is only power sorry possible with the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why it has to start with the individual working its way out. You see, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, Paul says, casting down imaginations and every high and lofty thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take every thought captive to make them obedient to Christ. See, I want you to think about it this way. Casting down images. Imaginations, right? So any image 
that crosses your mind that is not good, not pure, not godly, cast it down. That's not passive, man. Be assertive in your thought life to cast down any and every image that crosses your mind that's godless. Every single one. And bring it into captivity to Jesus the judge to be dealt with. Take captive means, in the Greek, means take hold of or arrest. And bring it the judge, Jesus Christ, to be dealt with. See, this is how it works. starts with the individual. It works its way out. So, so, the, so if the individual gets a hold of this reality, gets a hold of intimacy with Christ. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, the more captivated you are by Christ, the easier it is for you to take your thoughts captive to him. So intimacy with Christ drives purity. It empowers purity is probably a better way of saying. So intimacy with Christ empowers purity in all areas of life. So that's the individual. And it starts working with so towards other members of the same and opposite sex. So now that I have an understanding, a realization, and a revelation of that the fact of the fact that I was bought with at a price, that I am not my own, that I'm called to honor God with my body, that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This empowers me to think and honor members of the same and opposite sex in like manner. I can honor every single woman that I see because I understand that I've been bought at a price, that I'm called to honor God with my body, and I'm called to honor God and other people with my thoughts because I understand the price that was paid for me I understand that I was bought at a price and I can and I and I can live in not even a hint of sexual immorality and purity or greed because Christ empowers me to do it and so can you and so should you so there's no more entertaining of lustful thinking there's no entertaining of impurity or greed. You don't entertain those things because Christ crushes those things in and through intimacy with him, through our cooperation. Let me say that again. He crushes them in us through our cooperation. We have a choice to give into the flesh. Or Paul says in Romans 8, right? So contrast, compare between living according to the flesh to living according to the spirit. Which isn't to say you, you'll never flip-flop between the two, but if you live according to the Spirit, you'll go, as he also says elsewhere, from glory to glory. So, living in Christ doesn't mean you're sinless, but it means you sin less, and you have sanctification as a pr top priority, meaning you, your top priority, if with intimacy with Christ, will have the effect of casting down imaginations and every time lofty thought and taking captive to him because you're captivated by him, which empowers honor between you and other people, especially within the body of Christ. So 
which is where it needs to start because the body of Christ is meant to be an example to the world around us what honor looks like, period. All right? And you can't have honor between you and other members of the opposite sex if you don't understand that you were bought at a price, you don't understand that your body is not your own, and that you don't understand that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts, man. Like I said again, intimacy with Christ empowers all of this. Empowers purity. It empowers honor. It empowers self-respect. And it it empowers respect between you and members of the opposite sex. As well as the same sex. You have to understand this. It's powerful stuff, man. But, But the body of Christ is is the is the it's supposed to be an example to the world around us what this stuff looks like what honor looks like what respect looks like what dignity looks like what fidelity looks like not just not hopping in bed with someone of the opposite sex if you're married or in a relationship or even single but in your very thoughts words and deeds in all areas of life in all facets of life to exemplify what honor looks like in the body of Christ to the world around us. We're called to be a you know a light in the darkness, city on a hill, right? And as Jesus says, you can't hide it because it shines so brightly. And Jesus says in Matthew 5 28 that any man anyone who looks at a woman with Lust in his heart has committed adultery with her in his heart. Now this applies to both sexes, just so we're, makes this abundantly clear. So any any woman who looks at lustfully at a man has also committed adultery with him in her heart. Okay, this is generic. I mean, it applies to both sexes. Just making that abundantly clear. So adult. So lust is adultery of the heart, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. So Jesus deals with the seed issue, right? The heart issue. Lust is. That's why, you know, he says hyper, hyperbolically elsewhere that if you're, it's actually, it's in the very same text, I believe. He says, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to, end, to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now again, that's hyperbolic language. He's literal. What he's saying is take it seriously. He's not advocating self-mutilation. But he is saying, obviously, it is true that it's better to lose one part of your body than your whole body to to be thrown into hell, which is true. But what he's saying is take it seriously deal with the root issue and the only way to root lust out of your life is to submit your thoughts and every part of you to him and if you do that and with cooperation of the holy spirit you will be able and you will do have self-respect for yourself because you honor god with your body you understand that your body is temple holy spirit you understand the price that was paid for you and that you are not your own and, that, and this empowers you to live as a model to honor members of the same and opposite sex in the body of Christ and to be collectively, individually, 
that example, that light in the darkness to the world around you. I love you all. Peace out, Brother Rob.